Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Tara, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So, you know, I came across you uh, by way of our former guest, Justine Musk and Peter Sims. And also you were a former guest here as well when we were called Blogcast FM. Uh, and I know that you have this a new book out called Playing Big, uh, which is what prompted this conversation. But before we get into what that is all about, can you tell us uh, a bit about your story, your journey, your background, and how that has brought you to what you're up to in the world today? Sure. Well, I had a very unique childhood in that my mom was really interested in psychology and also in spirituality and in the mysticism aspect of many different religions. And I was fortunate in that she didn't have the assumption that so many parents do that kids can't understand that stuff. So I was raised with uh, analyzing my dreams at the breakfast table every morning with my mom from maybe age five or six on. We would She'd ask me, what was your dream? And then we'd diagram it and talk about the symbolism um, and, and, you know, questions like if I came home from school and said, um, I really think so-and-so is a dork. And I'm remembering one particular day where I got into the car and I said, so-and-so is a dork. And she said, Tara, how do you think God is looking at that person? So that's how I was raised. And it meant that I had a real interest in and, and kind of literacy with psychology and, and spirituality from a very young age and loved that and found it to be an incredibly helpful um, way of, of navigating all the ups and downs of childhood and adolescence. And I also, from my early childhood, was very aware of, like, noticing, why are there no women, why are we not reading any books by women at, in my English class at school? Why is it that when we go to synagogue, there's no women up in front leading the congregation? And feeling very pained by that and really wanting to somehow see that change. And so... Um, those, those interests and those loves have been with me for a long time and are still really at the center of what I do. 
Um, but I also got very lost um, from those along the way, being in very competitive academic environments where certainly no one was talking about spirituality or psychology um, and where my, my inner critic really started to take hold. So in a way, I've had a wandering path that has then led me back to work that's about those early loves. Hmm. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, a, a couple of questions come from this. Uh, one is around this idea of you know spirituality. How do you balance spirituality and practicality? Because I think that what I see in the world today often is that sometimes people will let the spiritual thing go so far that you're like, okay, so what the hell is it that you actually do? Uh, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. And I see, I see a lot of that on the internet sometimes. And I'm just like, okay, like I don't get, you know, like it almost becomes a, a perfect avoidance mechanism for people. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to sit around and be spiritual all day, but I'm actually not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, recently I was doing a workshop um, based on some of the material that's in my book. And, and the workshop was about the ways that we hide and particularly the ways that I often see brilliant, creative people hiding. And we come up with brilliant hiding strategies because we need them in order to fool ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there was a woman um, in the group who you know, raised her hand and, and asked me, well, but don't you think, as I was sort of really working with people about getting into action really quickly, and, and you know, but what about waiting for the universe to, um, to give you the right signs and, you know, trying to be in flow with that? And she was telling me about this project she had really wanted to start. And so first she went to a conference to see if she would, you know, happen to run into any of the right people she felt she needed on her team. She's like really looking for the serendipity and looking for these signs. And what came up for me when I was listening to her was, wait a second, but you are part of the universe. Like, even if we're in this philosophy that we need to wait to be aligned with the universe to do anything, you are part of the universe. And in my view, you'd be one of the most, you know, humans are one of the most densely packed, amazing parts of the universe that um, that we have. And so part of being aligned with the universe is being aligned with the voice in you that wants to go do something. Mm -hmm. So I think if that just, you know, speaks to that, that, um, the way that we can use spiritual concepts to avoid, um, facing our fears, mm -hmm. which we certainly can. Um, and, and how we need to always be balancing real intellectual, rigor and skepticism um, with spirituality. And I think we absolutely can. You know, to me, spirituality is not magical thinking. It's about love. It's about gratitude. It's about seeing and respecting the sacred in ourselves and in all life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's completely compatible with all the other stuff. So, let me ask you this. You know, one of the things you said was that uh, after a certain point, you lost your way. And I'd be really curious about, you know, the journey to finding your way back as well as how we do that in our own lives when we've lost our way. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, a lot of what caused me to lose my way was education, um, the educational environments I was in where uh, I often had a lot of trouble in 
the classroom and I'm talking about you know, college and then graduate school. Um, I, I have an MBA in the classroom in a very secular, critical, competitive, um, and in the case of business school, very male dominated environment, finding my own voice and staying true to it. And also staying true to my creativity, my love of writing and dance and theater and poetry. Um, and, and so for me through that time, even though I, on the surface, everything looked fine. I was going to very prestigious schools. I was doing well in them. I was getting further and further from the real me and I was feeling less and less alive and I was feeling less able to have the kind of career I wanted. And so when I came out of graduate school, I took a job, um, in a large foundation it was sort of like a compromise job. It was like, well, we're doing something good for the world. It's in the nonprofit sector. I really liked my colleagues. I liked working with philanthropists and, um, and volunteer donors. Um, but it was not creative and it was, um, not exciting. It wasn't what I really wanted to be doing. And what helped me find my way back was a lot of things. The first one is pain. You know, I often say to people, I wish that I changed in my life out of inspiration and sheer joy and hope. A lot of times when I really change, it's because the pain of the old way grows too intense to live with. And so for me, um, in my after I had been in that job for a few years, feeling so cut off from my creativity, feeling like what happened to all those dreams I had of like having an entrepreneurial career and doing something in, in the media in some way, doing something creative, writing, what happened to all that? Um, and why don't I like my life more? And I'm becoming a crankier and crankier person because I don't like it that much. You know, that, all the pain of that um, pushed me to be willing to do some things that felt uncomfortable. And actually, the first thing I did was hire a coach and go um, get trained to be a coach because I just knew I wanted to go in the direction of doing some work in the personal growth sphere. And I, the coaching training, which I could do on the side of my job, was like a very low-stakes way to start playing in that sandbox. You know, I, I'm really glad you brought up the idea of a low stakes way to start playing in the sandbox because often people will hear a story like this and think that it just is, you know, making this gargantuan leap and mm -hmm. suddenly everything changes. And I think a lot of times people think that's the brave thing to do, um, make a gargantuan leap. That's what I would do if I was truly free or following my passion. And I don't see it that way at all. You know, I think the need that we have inside for stability the desire we might have for financial stability to be able to support the people that we love, um, that's just as important a desire as a desire to feel passionate about our careers. And, and it's really important to respect both in ourselves. So for me, um, I had a whole like two-year period where I was training to be a coach I was coaching like three or four or five clients in the evenings after work. I was blogging in the morning before work. So by the time I felt really inside, okay, I'm ready to leave this job and I feel like I'm leaving on stable ground. 
Um, I had been writing for a year, you know, blogging. I had um, some sense of like who my clients were that were showing up in my coaching practice and what it would take to build the practice. So it, it felt like I was leaving on solid ground. And that was really important to me. One thing that's interesting to me is that you brought up this idea of, you know, your change actually happens because of pain. And I'm fairly convinced that that's almost universal for anybody mm. who does something of significance. There's a moment that is incredibly painful or several uh, that actually lead to sort of the next horizon and the next horizon and the next horizon. And, you know, this question has come up for me multiple times and I've asked it to a lot of people. Do you think that it's possible to experience drastic change without some sort of painful experience? Hmm. That's a great question. I don't know. I know it's certainly not how it happens most of the time <laughs> in my life, you know? <laughs> I mean, I can, well, I really can think I can mostly only speak to my own experience there. And I think about, you know, even, um, you know, like in my relationship, my husband, who I'm madly in love with, we've been together since 1999, since we were in college. And right before I met him, I was, I was so, I, I was in that same rock bottom place that I, you know, have, that have, has precipitated so many other changes. I was in that place around relationships. Like, why do I keep picking these jerks to go out with? What is my problem? What's my, you know, and I was really, in pain about how I had been in my relationships. I was sick of it. I was, you know, literally sitting down with my friends who I felt were more wise in this area of their lives and being like, okay, just explain it to me. Explain it to me. How do you think about this? Like, give me your whole framework. Trying to learn a different way. So in a lot of areas of my life, there's a very powerful rock bottom moment. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm really a fan of <laughs> the rock bottom moments because I think it's then that we start being open to a different way. It's often then that we surrender. You know, I think one of the most power, and again, you know, this would be part of my definition of spirituality is when you say, I just can't, I'm not getting it right. I can't do this by myself. I don't know. And I'm willing to open up my grip and put this, um, in the hands of something greater than me or remember that I don't have to figure it out. Oh man, I'm surrendering this. And that just creates an internal shift that allows us to act in new ways and be open to new possibilities. I think. Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. So how do you surrender as opposed to crack? Uh, because some people crack in those moments. I know, because I have mm-hmm. at times. Well, I guess for me, the surrender is, it's like the cracking plus the remembering that you're not alone in the universe. So it's, um, I'm bewildered here. I'm not getting this right. I can't do this on my own. I don't know. I'm turning it over. And it could be you know, for people who have the sense of a more traditional higher power, maybe that's, I'm turning it over to that higher power, or it's just like, I'm turning it over to the greater intelligence of the universe. I'm turning it over to the force of life itself. I'm just, I'm just turning it over and, and surrendering this sense of trying to control it or do it all on my own. And I find that a lot of times in some sense, that's, that's all we have to do to start to bring some new, possibilities into our field of vision Hmm. i like that um let me ask you this uh and then we'll start really getting into playing big uh you know one of the things that's interesting is i'm listening to you tell this story it seems like the work you do today is kind of the intersection of a lot of life experiences and career experiences um that have resulted really in, in more of a 
calling than a career. And I'm, you know, and I've asked multiple versions of this question to other people. How do we find that intersection in our own work and our own lives? Mm. Yeah, you know, I think, and this, I hope this is relevant and helpful for a lot of your audience. Um, and I, because I think it applies to many creative types that in my experience, the things for me that felt like this really uh, uncomfortable, like I don't fit into any category or I have one foot in each of two different worlds. Like for me, it was, well, on the one hand, you know, I'm in this like very prestigious MBA program, but on the other hand, I'm like driving three hours on the weekend to go be a volunteer docent at like an obscure poet's stone tower by the ocean, literally, you know? Um, and, um, and on, you know, or I'm, um, I'm, uh, you know, in, I'm doing, you know, corporate leadership training, but I'm like literally getting down on my knees before that and saying a prayer that I hope the training will like, you know, serve the force of life and love. So these things that for much of my life felt like these two things don't go together or made me feel like I didn't belong become the unique blend that makes my work distinctive for people now or that makes it, oh, okay, I found someone who now combines these things that I've been trying to combine. Um, so I think that can be true for a lot of us. It's like the, the different parts of us that made us feel like we couldn't, you know, the career counselor just didn't know what the hell to do with us can actually become now what's distinguishing about our work and our voice. Mm -hmm. Well, let's do this. Let's shift gears and, and let's get really into this idea of playing big and, and where it came from. And, and let's really get into the specifics of how this can be applied to our lives. Because, you know, when I sat down and, and you know, went through the index of the book and went through the table of contents and, and read, you know, several of the chapters, I thought, okay, you know what, there's a lot here. Thanks. There, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot. I sometimes feel like I think I could have done a book actually on each chapter in the book and maybe I will in the future. But yeah, where do you want to jump in? Let's start right at the beginning. I mean, you know, like where did the idea of playing big come from? And, and probably the biggest thing is, is, you know, what is it that keeps us from playing big? And, you know, how do we apply these concepts so that we can go out and play big? Yeah. Well, so when I started my coaching practice, it was an interesting time where um, I was seeing the same thing in, in my coaching practice and in a lot of different areas of my life. And what I was seeing was brilliant women, women with a lot of talent, great ideas, who just couldn't see their own brilliance, weren't acting on their own brilliance. Um, in, the, in the foundation where I was working, all these brilliant women leading at sort of the second tier lieutenant level in the organization, all the top leadership and all the big decisions being made by men. Among my friends, feeling like I had all these amazing women friends in my life who just, I wanted them to be shaping their fields and their companies in a much more powerful way than they were in a way that they were ready to do and had the ideas to do but weren't doing and then in my coaching practice these great women would walk in and and same kind of issue and um one day I sat down I had been blogging for maybe a year and a half and I had a particular client in mind this young woman um who 
was I just, every time we had a coaching session, she's like, you are so amazing. You know, she's just like intuitive and wise and thoughtful and reading all the cutting edge research in her field and totally unable to believe in herself. And no one in her organization knew about her amazing strengths because she wasn't sharing them. And I sat down and, and sort of wrote the things I wished she knew about herself. And I wrote it as 10, 10 kind of um, principles or things I wish she was doing. And I called the piece 10 Rules for Brilliant Women. And I knew it had, I knew like, I was really nervous to publish it. At the time I was writing for Huffington Post and I was going to put it there. And it just felt, I was like scared because I knew I was really saying something in the piece. So it felt vulnerable. And I shared it um, and it went completely viral. And Within a couple of months, I was on the Today Show. Um, I was getting emails, can we translate this into this language and that language? You know, it really was striking a chord. And so that was a big clue to me. Okay, there's this phenomenon of women not seeing their own brilliance, of brilliant women not seeing their own brilliance, which was really what the piece was about. And then I took that even further and was surveying my blog readers and asking them what the biggest challenge in their lives was and listed all the typical challenges we talk about in women's lives, but added this additional challenge that I called I'm playing small. That was the most succinct way I could sum up what I was seeing. And when the responses came back, that was what the most number of women said was the biggest challenge in their life, more than work-life family balance, more than financial challenges. So from there, I felt very clear that I wanted to focus my work here because uh, I, I believe that we so need a balance of male and female leadership in the world. We so need both for lots of reasons and that there's some inner work for many women to do in order to kind of leave behind the history of women's marginalization and really um, trust their voices and start sharing them much more boldly. Hmm. So a, a couple of questions come from this. You know, it's funny because I'm a guy and I read your book and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, this isn't just isolated to women. In mm-hmm. a lot of ways, you know? Uh, yes. So one of the things you mentioned is people not being able to see their own brilliance. Uh, so two questions from that. One, what causes that, do you think, for people? And how do you overcome that? Yeah. Yeah, and I should say, you know, I completely agree that it's not just for women. And it's been interesting for me because I had a son, my first child, in the middle of writing this book. And I feel like that experience has made me feel even more that these ideas are for everyone. Like, there's a role... And talking about them in terms of women, and there's different nuances of how they play out for men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all playing small relative to our potential, for sure. Um, so, you know, why can't we see our own brilliance? I think that, um, and this might sound surprising given everything I just said. But what I've learned doing this work is that the answer to the problem isn't seeing our own brilliance. The answer isn't what we'd think of as a traditional sense of confidence. 
because thinking about your own brilliance or your own lack of brilliance, either way, you're in your ego and, and it's unstable ground. The answer is basically falling in love with what you want to do or say, being so present to that, that that takes precedence. And so you're not really thinking about whether you're good enough or not. And so the, the process of getting there has a lot to do with, it's, it's not about getting over self-doubt or graduating from self-doubt. It's about having a new relationship to your self-doubt, knowing self-doubt is always going to be there. Uh, I really believe that our inner critics are expressions of the instinct in us that wants to stay emotionally safe and that when we're going out of our comfort zone, that safety instinct tries to get us to stay in the comfort zone by saying, no, 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 you're not qualified. You're going to make a fool of yourself. You don't do that. That's ridiculous. All the things our inner critics say. And so if that's true, then our inner critics are always going to be there. We're hardwired for them. And the, the work then is about being able to say, I hear that voice. I know it for what it is. And I'm going to take action anyway. Um, for me, as part of the book launch, I, I wrote for the first time for the New York Times, wrote an op-ed, and that, for me, totally riled my safety instinct. Oh my God, it's going to be criticized. You're, there's no way this work, your work can translate to the New York Times. Um, people who write for the New York Times sound grown up, and you don't sound grown up, so they're not going to take your piece, you know, all this stuff. And... My job in that moment was not to try and get over that or to try and find a sense of confidence or feeling brilliant. It was to say, oh, that's my inner critic. I'm hearing my inner critic. It sounds like it's telling the absolute truth. And in this moment, I kind of even believe it is. But there's another part of me that knows the pattern of what the inner critic is and knows that this is not the truth. And therefore, hard as it is, I'm going to sit down and write this piece anyway. So, you know, you mentioned this idea of a different relationship with self-doubt. Uh, so I guess that brings up two questions. How do you build a better relationship with your self-doubt? And <laughs> how do you quiet the inner critic? Yeah. So I think they're the same thing. And I think it comes from a few principles. One is... Um, knowing what your inner critic sounds like and being able to name it for what it is. And that's not easy because for most of us, our inner critic has come to take up so much space in our heads. We think it's just how we are. We're like that a lot of times when I'm, you know, teaching a workshop, other people say, well, that's not my inner critic card. That's just me. That's how my thoughts sound. I'm like, no, if the thoughts are like repetitive, anxious, <laughs> irrational, and telling you everything that's wrong with you, that's actually not just you. That's your inner critic. So, learning to identify that voice in your head. What are the common things it says to you? What are the new things it's saying to you now that you're stretching in a new direction? Um, and in the book, I talk about some of the common qualities of that voice that we can help us, that help us recognize it. So when we can recognize it, then we can say, oh, I'm hearing my inner critic right now. And then that having that better relationship comes from um, one being able to be a witness from with it, but not witness to it, but not take direction from it. And then um, 
compassionately remembering what its motivations are, that it's coming from that safety instinct and trying to keep you safe. So my favorite thing to say back to my inner critic is like, thank you so much. And it's sincere. Thank you so much for trying to protect me here, but it's okay. I've got this one covered. So it's a very um, paternal or maternal reassuring way of relating to that self-doubt, understanding the fear that's underneath it. It's not arguing with the self-doubt. It's not trying to kill it with positive affirmations. It's not getting angry at the inner critic. Um, it's, a, it's a very compassionate kind of response. And then there are also a lot of like more light tactical things you can do, like having a character that personifies your inner critic and kind of picturing those the voice coming from that character that can add a lot of humor and sort of diffuse it. You can use some embodied tools like um, imagining that voice um, fading away out of the room or actually getting up and moving it, you know, imagining pantomiming, kind of moving it to a new space, those kinds of things. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. 
This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.